G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com. Thank you for joining us, Welshy. Lyle, hello boys. Very good, eh, Tony? How are you? Excellent, thank you, Welshy. Lyle? Yeah, can't complain, mate. Can't complain. How about yourself? Lovely to see you in your uh, striking bed pose again as we do every week. That's the comfortable bed pose that is, Tony. I don't think lovely is the word I'd use, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Very uh, comfortable. Great, great show last week, boys. Well done. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to Dirty Harry from Survivor. Yes. Um, and it seems like a lot of people did listen to the episode as well, which is always pleasing. Yes, Lyle. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Talk, I'll Lyle. What are you? We might as well have not had you come in for this intro. For the intro. You're giving us nothing. Oh, I, I enjoyed the chat. Oh, my comfortable pose. Tony was shitting, shitting on that. Um, no, uh, yeah. I think we could uh, have Harry on again in the future. Scratch the surface of his uh, wrestling career, that's for sure. What I'm concerned about is normally we get to see more of your body in this Zoom picture. Now we're only seeing your face. I'm actually concerned that you might be masturbating. I think he's got no pants on, for sure. One of those is correct. I don't want to know which one. Okay, guys, time to catch up with our guest here tonight. He hails from Sydney, and he's just busting to get back into the the ring and have another match. Hopefully, that's not too far away. Of course, the brother of Robbie Eagles, Ryan Eagles, joins us. G'day, Ryan. Hey, how you doing? Good. Very very presumptive there, Tony. About Uh, what? About him wanting to get back in the ring. We don't know that yet. That's what we're going to ask. Well, I assume he looks like he's ready. How are you, Ryan? Are you ready to get back in the ring? Do you want it? Oh, look, are we jumping the gun? Are we getting straight into this? So how are we doing? <laughs> well, I thought we'd build to it, but Tony wants to go with it straight away. <laughs> Don't bury the lead. So, um, oh, geez. Um, I, 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 sometimes I think it's a case of the, uh, the, you know, the mind is willing and the, the body maybe not so able. But... Um, if the right opportunity, look, I'd be silly not to pass up the right opportunity. Um, and you guys already called me out for my fantasy booking on the um, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> the card, so. Oh, don't worry. Also, I prom- I've messaged a couple of promoters asking if they can book it. <laughs> oh, mate, are you going to find us, Because that'd be fantastic. We could, this could work out for all of us. Tony, you used to be a promoter. Why don't you put it on? Because <laughs> yeah, so that's a hell of a lot better than the card you wrote. Yeah, I, uh, yeah no, I won't be touching that. Well, that and he keeps referring to his Robbie's brother, so I don't know. <laughs> well, so you're, yeah. not, you're not Robbie's brother? Oh, of course. Okay, but, I mean, isn't, it, no, isn't Robbie Ryan's brother? Like, should, are we get it the wrong way around or what? Well, so one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's, uh, I think he's done enough now that I can write off his coattails, so it's, I'm quite happy to be referred to as Robbie's older brother. Fair enough. Um, how proud are you of not only his development, but what he's starting to, he's finally starting to realise the talent that we've known he's had for such a long time. Look, um, I still don't think he completely realises, to be completely honest. And I mean that from a, a place of, we've, like you just said, that's something that we've known and I've known for, you know, for forever. And I don't think um, he really understands how he's doing. And, and I think it's, there's an extension to that answer though as well. You're saying how proud I am, Robbie. I think it needs to be said or said about 
all these guys that are, and I'm not diminishing Robbie's achievements by any means, but all these guys that are going out and doing this awesome stuff. You know, when, when I was um, young, dumb and passionate, like super passionate about it all, it was, it, those opportunities just weren't there. Um, and the fact that these guys are in a position, to, one, these, they're in a position to take advantage of, and they actually are taking advantage of, is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the Australian wrestling scene now is a lot different to the one that you found when you first started out. Very much so. Did you, looking back, uh, you know, start Robbie starting out, did you, did you see the talent early on with him, you know, with the potential of going this far? 100%. But uh, I suppose um, in my, my current role now, uh, I... I a little bit more removed from, from wrestling because I'm so preoccupied. Like time-wise, I commit a lot of it to, to coaching rugby these days. But it's the same with coaching rugby and the same with when I was um, going through and, and running the, the PWA training school. There's all these people that come in and a lot of them have potential, as you'd call it. Not that many have the commitment to follow it through. I think that, that also needs to be sort of said about just that natural talent that Robbie had. And then the perseverance even now that it is carrying them through. How was the transition going from coaching wrestling to coaching rugby? What was, uh, what was the motivation for coaching rugby and um, what was your background in that sport? Um, my background. So um, if I'm please, if I get off too far off topic, you guys are going to keep me back on the straight now, right? So we're not good at that. Yeah. <laughs> But the, so I, um, I grew up, I was a basketball player growing up. Um, and then I was getting ready in about year 12. I realized that I was never going to be taller than six foot and, and, you know, I could never change the fact that I was super white. Um, and so I, at the same time, one of my buddies, he, um, he started playing, he'd moved over from rugby league to rugby union, uh, and then invited me down. Um, and I kind of liked the fact that I got the hip blokes, um, as opposed to, you know, trying to avoid being hit uh, in basketball. Um, and so I'd kind of transition to that. And then right, almost as I started playing rugby and getting involved in that, I discovered this weird and wonderful world of wrestling. So um, it, they two kind of ran side by side as far as my playing days. And I always kind of say I, I probably didn't do as well in rugby playing wise um, because I'd split my attention between wrestling and rugby. Um, yeah, and there could be other reasons why. The fact that I'm super white and not going to be over six foot. So, um, but the then yeah, the opportunity came along to to be running a training school as a teacher by trade. It kind of almost seemed like a natural fit, uh, and that was I love doing that. Um, I had I got a green card in 2011 and moved to America, and that was my in my eyes. Um, looking back, maybe not, but in my eyes, that was my big opportunity, and there was no, you know, I as conceited as it probably sounds, I'd kind of felt like I'd done all I could do with Australian wrestling, if that makes sense. And I needed an extra challenge. And so getting green cards, moving to Philadelphia, I was in my element. And then for personal circumstances uh, dictated that I had to come back early. Um, and what that meant was I, I kind of felt like that was it. That was my shot. And I, I kind of almost... Um, it was it was it was a bit of a different it was different coming back to to wrestling after that and so I kind of needed something to pour um, my energy my creativity into um, and I got it through through teaching I got an opportunity to coach a rep team 
Um, I think it might have been through default that no one else put their hand up, so I got asked. Um, <laughs> uh, it was the Simpsons line, the greatest two, two words in the English language, default. Um, <laughs> so once I started doing that, I almost... Um, it gave me something to sort of really sink my teeth into and something that I was able to have this creative outlet and I'd still hadn't quite a comp, like I was still at the bottom of the rung. So I, there was all these challenges that I could look ahead to as opposed to Australian wrestling. And again, I'm not saying that, um, please don't take that like saying that like, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm being arrogant here, but it was more a case of, I, I saw more challenges ahead and that, that sort of was very enticing to me. Plus there's the added thing of, you know, around that time, um, you know, uh, you had your big hustlers of the world um, and all these people that were, you know, we're all, look, there are a lot of people that were playing cos, you know, cosplayers or playing wrestler and um, there was no real way of, not that we need to weed them out because everyone should be encouraged to sort of pursue their passion, but there was no way of proving or disproving if someone was good or not good, you know, as opposed to when you're playing uh, a competitive sport. I'm not going to go down the Tom, whatever his name is, uh, line of... <laughs> You know, but we, we do, I'm not insulting anyone's intelligence by saying that wrestling is predetermined. So, but so, you know, there's so many guys that are out there that have won lots of matches and have a belt, but they're not, there's no, that's not really um, saying whether they're good or not good or anything, you know, because it's so subjective in nature. Uh, whereas when it came to rugby and, and other competitive sports, you, know, you either win or you lose and that's it. And that's, that's kind of the easiest way to measure your ability. Um, and those sort of things were enticing to me at that current time and my headspace for, for those two reasons. So uh, there's a very long-winded answer to a very short question. I'm tipping your rugby <laughs> team is probably one of the best group of spear tacklers in the league. Uh, listen, um, we're getting there, mate. We're getting there. <laughs> uh, just, um, back, just back to wrestling training, if I can. A lot of guys that we have come through our program the last three or so years from Sydney have all praise the work that you've done with them at some point. A lot of the Sydney guys have been, have worked with you at some point as a trainer. Have you been surprised? I suppose, I suppose surprised isn't the right word, but the amount of great talent that you've seen come through Australian wrestling over the years? Um, that's another one of those ones that, particularly when I came back, and that was how I sort of started to put things back in perspective for me when I came back in 2011, I kind of, that was where my my perspective kind of changed as far as I was like, well, I'm, I may not accomplish the things that I want to accomplish in the ring, but my I'm hoping that my legacy can be all the guys that sort of I helped through that are now in positions to, to really succeed. Um, again, yeah, there are lots of guys that I maybe only had a really small part of uh, and I don't take credit or, or responsibility for. Um, but I, I do look in, uh, at what they're doing with pride, knowing that I, I did have some very small part to play. Speaking of your time in uh, the US, um, specifically with CZW, how was what was it like to work there? It was great. So I went. Um, so we went over for it was a couple of months in two thousand and eight, um, and as a result, and pretty much I just uh, I just hauled myself out. So I went to CZW training, went to ROH training, went to Shikara training. Um, anyone that would let us in the in the door and would let us train or let us just be a part of whatever they were doing. Um, like, I, I love that opportunity and that was the reason why we went straight back to that area once we got the green cards. Um, I made some, some really good friends who I, I continue to maintain relationships with to this day. Sorry, I had to cough, so I put the mute on. Um, so, like, the, 
I, I enjoyed my experience. I understand there are parts of CZW that I was never a part of, that I probably would never be a part of, and I don't condone or, um, not condone, because that's not the right word, but I don't, you know, all the ultraviolet stuff is just not, not my to your taste, yeah. Yeah, right? Um, and so, but in saying that, like, there were lots of guys, uh, and I'm being very careful not to name drop, but, you know, lots of guys that I made relationships with that that wasn't their jam either, right? And so we could go out and do our thing. Um, and we, yeah, as a result, we became quite good friends as well. And, you know, and so I can't do anything but speak positively of my experience there. And I know you wrestled Sammy Callahan when you were there and he's doing amazing things uh, in Impact. He was my first ever match in America in 2008. So... We flew in to Chicago. We foolishly drove across to Philadelphia, did a week's worth of training, then drove back over to Ohio and to do this show. Um, and I ended up wrestling Sammy Callahan, left my music all the way back in Philadelphia. Um, so, you know, and I had my, my eldest daughter was probably about two at the time. So I wanted to use the Dora the Explorer music that we'd been listening to in the car. <laughs> I was, um, ended up coming out to, I think, the uh, My Shit Is Bananas song. Um, Sammy and I had a great match um, and, and became fast friends from there and then we ended up um, in CZW tagging um, we were actually supposed to win the belts the tag belts um, just before I came back in 2011 and I think uh, Joe Gacy ended up sort of being my, my fill-in for that spot so um, yeah like, and like you said these guys are all now so guys like I remember doing a, a tag match with, with guys like Adam Cole who was Green his goose shit, and I couldn't. He couldn't even do a, a, a Donald stretch, and and was, you know, I ribbed him about it, and I still rib him about it to this day about the fact that he couldn't do a Donald stretch at this little hokey show in York, Pennsylvania. Um, but these guys now, like, it's almost the same thing with the Robbie thing, right? Like, it's seeing these guys and, and having uh, building a relationship with them when they're doing nothing, and now they're going on to like superstardom and going, you know what? I, in some very very small way, got to be a part of that journey uh, at some point there. Quite amazing. Uh, the, every every uh, coach, every trainer, I suppose, has a mentor. Who would you see as being your training mentor? Who was the person that really sort of you, you moulded your training ways around? Um, do you mean like for my uh, coaching training style or more yeah, just my wrestling? More, more your coaching training style. Um, it's eclectic. Um, it's... Um, so I, you know, I try and be an avid reader. I try and watch a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I always think about that. Um, you know, if you could invite four people for, for a dinner alive or dead, who are the people? And, um, my wife was laughing at me cause you know, it's John Wooden, it's Bill Belichick, it's Nick Saban, it's uh, Popovich, right? Like they're the guys that I love what they do. And I, you know, I get that they have a bit of fun with their press conferences and stuff like that, but they're successful for a reason. Um, and I try and emulate some of that stuff. Um, but then in saying that, like I, I have some close friends that I bounce ideas off that wouldn't necessarily be a formal mentor, but I, I use them as, as a sounding board and things like that. So. so you did a bit of training under Lobo as well at one stage. You moved, you were down in Melbourne a lot. Uh, That's why I asked Lobo. about the clarification around my mentor as a, as a wrestler or as a trainer. So um, oh. Yeah, I don't think me and Tony are on the same page anyway. So that's yeah, okay. <laughs> never are. <laughs> so, so Lobo is definitely someone that I consider a mentor. Um, and so I, I trained at this one place in Sydney that was the Drizzling Shits, um, and we were kind of 
a little bit left to our own devices a lot. Um, and at, towards the end of that, um, through other, other friends, um, I got introduced to guys like Will Phoenix and um, Bishop Summers and did a little bit of stuff with them, but I was like, yo, I need to get better. I can't stay where I am. And they had a, you can only wrestle for them rule. And it was a very different, uh, just environment at that time. Um, I did my last prac for uni. I went down to Melbourne, stayed with my cousin and Will introduced me to one of the PWA guys. I ended up going to a show, meeting Lobo, meeting um, uh, Jay Andrews and Enforcer, who were the trainers at the time. Uh, and then they pretty much invited me along. And from that, I've formed a very good relationship with all those guys. Um, you know, it's guys that I still really look up to. You know, all of those guys had an, an impact on me as far as my, what I call retraining phase. Um, and then it's almost like the Robbie thing, right? Like they had an impact on my shaping, you know, my wrestling at that time. And then I went off and kind of tried to formulate my own flavor or own style or whatever. Um, and I'm, I'm sure it's the same with Robbie. You know, I, I feel like I had an impact at the early on and now he's going off and he's doing all these wonderful things that um, hopefully are grounded in a, you know, a really strong base the same, or a really strong foundation the same way I feel I was through Lobo and Jay Andrews. Just before I throw it to Lyle, I know you've got a very intelligent question, Lyle. I just, need to get clarification. I just need to get clarification on that hotel name. What was it called? The Jizz and Shits? Drizzling Shits. Oh, God, blimey. I said the, I said the company was the Drizzling Shits. They were really bad, Tony. Yeah. It's a very <laughs> common term, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, no, I thought okay. it was a video called the Jizz and Shits. I'm thinking, oh, listen. we heard you the first time, Tony. Yeah, <laughs> people hear what they want to hear, Tony. <laughs> yeah. You brought up uh, Coach Belichick's name. Yep. Um, Obviously, you're a big fan of the coach, Belichick. Are you a big fan of the GM, Belichick, at the minute with uh, letting Tom go down to Tampa Bay? Um, look, if this was, a, if this was a, the Twilight movie, I'd definitely be Team Belichick on this one uh, and not so much Team Brady. Um, so I don't know which one he is, the sparkling vampire or the werewolf. But yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm not, not a Tom Brady fan, so. Okay, all right. I can appreciate Lyle's, his success. Lyle's going to cry now. No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a football fan. I'm not a Patriots fan. I just thought you, you brought up Belichick. As he's Listen, a GM as well, which is extremely weird. Well, both of them beat the Philadelphia Eagles in 2000, was it 2005, 2004, 2005? And I haven't forgiven either, either of them since. So, <laughs> um. Well, I'm a Cowboys fan, so... The, um, All right, can we, can we lock him out of this chat or what? <laughs> I've been trying to do that for months. Um, I want to talk about wrestling. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you started PWA in Canberra. I want to hear some memories about... Because uh, that was quite a successful wrestling promotion, which Canberra hasn't really had since. What was it like starting that up? Yeah, so... Um, well, we didn't really start. So it was... Um, so at the end of my prac, I'd been in Melbourne for about three months. Um, I'd pretty much been going to PWA shows, getting drunk and telling Slex how good he was. Um, and then eventually I agreed to have so a match. basically what we do now. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but back then, like, I don't think he even believed it, right? So um, it was kind of like Robbie pre-Robbie. So um, eventually I agreed, wrestled Cracker Jack in my first match outside of WXA. Um, and that was... Uh, that, I was supposed to go, I had a job working in Perisher actually as a, as a lifty and I'd kind of, as soon as I got that sort of 
taste of, of wrestling down in Melbourne. I was like, I was hooked. I was not. So I ended up staying home, traveling down every month, doing the, the Dragonfly um, and whatever the, the doubleheader was, either Roeville or Jordanville or wherever. Um, and one of my buddies from the original Fed, Justin Cross, who you guys may be familiar with, um, I'm telling him, but look, you've got to come down to Melbourne. You've got to do it. Like, we've got to get out of this the environment. And so we ended up, I don't know how we did it. I think Will Phoenix got us booked on a, and we were the opener on their like clash at the Capitol for CPW. And it was, we pretty much were like, even if we don't get booked again, like we've got to have at least a tape to be able to show promoters to get booked elsewhere. So we went out and had the most ridiculous opening match that we at the time could, could come up with. Um, I think we, the time limit was 12 minutes. I think we went 20 something. Um, <laughs> like the shit that I used to hate as a promoter. Um, but after that, we, we pretty much got asked to come back regularly. And so we were, we were doing CPW quite a bit. Uh, we started working UWA and then um, pretty much one trip, Warlock, who was running it at the time, had said he would go, he'd got a job somewhere, I think in the army or something, and goes, look, I'm going to fold the Fed. And so Cross and I, I and our infinite wisdom, um, probably beers deep, I can't remember now, but we were like, no, that's it, we'll offer to take it and if we have to buy it, we'll do it and whatever. And we just kind of went up to him. And I remember being super nervous going, uh, would you let us run it for you while you're out, out of the, the state? And he goes, okay, sweet, there you go. That's pretty much his answer, just the keys. Here's the keys. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and so, look, we we like to think back then when we knew what we were doing. I now look back after running a training school and shows, excuse me, for, for however many years I did it, um, I still don't think I knew what I was doing and I still don't think I would know what I was doing now. Um, but the the experience itself was was quite fun stressful um and ultimately the only reason why i stopped doing it was because it was really hard with with cross being in canberra because he'd since moved down during that doing all the sort of groundwork and the not fun jobs and i got to just swoop in and be the booker man and wrestle on shows and um it just got too hard for us as a, as a partnership when one of us just wasn't physically able to be a partner right so um and then the opportunity to do stuff in sydney came up oh i didn't even know I'm like, you answered the question about starting PWA. Um, <laughs> this, is what, this is what happens when you hang around Tony for like, you know, half an hour. Um, <laughs> what was it, jizz and shit? Um, <laughs> but pretty much when we, we started CPW, Lobo and I were sort of chatting about it and he went, well, why don't we try and make a, a brand? And, and it was kind of Lobo's idea to go to try and brand it as something. Um, it made, uh, at the time, meant that we could sort of tack onto their insurance, which made it cheaper for both of us. Um, it meant that we, as two young guys who were still really new to wrestling, had uh, like a someone to bounce ideas off. It was meant that we had a bit of guidance when we needed it. Um, and as a result of that partnership, it also meant that we had guys from Melbourne that were really keen to come up as well uh, and really legitimise what we were trying to do. Oh, awesome. Because a, uh, a lot of guys we talk to especially the more uh, more experienced guys speak really fondly of their um, trips up to Canberra. Um, I was talking to Mark Williamson today and he asked me to ask you about the road trips down to Melbourne. Oh, fucking hell. Um, <laughs> I, was, I hope there's like a, you're not going to have to go back through and beep out all my swearing. No, no, uh, no, no, no. we've had Jimmy Havoc on, it's fine. Oh yeah, fair enough. All right, all good. Um, mate, they were... Look, they are probably some of my most fun experiences of wrestling, looking back on it now. Um, I, I still vividly remember I would go to rugby training on a Thursday night, 
productive. Then go home, have a shower. Williamson would meet at my house. We would drive overnight uh, to wherever we were staying. We'd sort of get in sort of early Friday morning, try and get a couple hours sleep, then do the Dragonfly show. And so, you know, and then pretty much either the, the Saturday night or the Sunday morning, we'd jump back in the car and, and drive back up. Um, and so it meant a lot of... Look, it meant a lot of singing Bon Jovi really loudly and out of key. It, it meant a lot of uh, a lot of coffee was drunk. It meant or oh, Red Bull. Um, it meant a lot of speeding tickets um, and a lot of shit talking. But it it was it was fun. And, and you know, we would probably came up with so many different angles and storylines and potential this and that and reinvented the business nearly every month on those trips um, about what we would do. If we were in charge and those sort of things. So, um, mate, I've got nothing but but positive things to say about though, though just that time. Um, you know, I'm sure Williamson can tell you about some of the stories he had with Will Phoenix and Bishop and they were oh, they'd be ribbing him the whole way until he lose his shit. And, um, he can tell a story. Yeah, oh, yes, he can. So, um, yeah, look. I don't know. So, the, other oh, thing I you, the other thing he did uh, mention was when uh, you and him both went to IWA at the same time um, and and Mark Mercedes, the three of you probably weren't on the best of terms, and it was quite a surreal experience. Yeah, so I, I don't know where the heat between Mark and I came from. Uh, and Mark's a guy that I like. There was no heat, but but everyone just seemed to think that there was, right? So um, I, man, I've got nothing but positive things to say about Mark, and and you know, I'd probably play more golf with him if he, if I was closer, and he wasn't as good as he is, and I wasn't as bad as I am, right? So. Um, <laughs> But it was one of those things, so I wasn't doing anything uh, and Titan, I think, had the book at the time and he was just, he was pushing hard. He's like, mate, people think you're Mark and each other. We need to get you guys in the same, in the same building at the same time because no one would, no one would expect it. Um, and I was kind of like, okay, sure. Like, I'm not really doing anything. So let's give it a crack. Like, I, there's probably some, some, it was an itch that I, I would wanted to scratch, right? So I wanted to wrestle Mark. Um, but there was just never the opportunity. So I just thought it was never going to be a thing. Um, and then when I got there, turned out I was working a program with Titan and they were for the strap and Marks had retired and that was it. And he was never going to wrestle again, um, which, you know, 12 months later turned out to be a lie. We wrestled at Panthers. Um, so, but Mark and I, Williamson and I had a fallout years and years ago um, over the way PWA and Sydney started. Um, and... Uh, I don't know how much I'm talking out of school. It was kind of a, um, Mark was going to run the promotion. I was just going to run the training school. I didn't want anything to do with, because I was still kind of doing stuff in Canberra. I didn't really want to do, have anything to do with it. At the, the 11th hour, um, it kind of got thrown in my lap. It's, um, hey, I'm, I can't run these shows. I know you've bought a ring. I know you've kind of been counting on me. Here we go. And there was a, and we kind of had a bit of a falling out over stuff like that. And it was one of those moments where Titan brought me in and I was, I was nervous going in, but, it was, it was great to see, like I pretty much sat in the room with, with Williamson and Mercedes and, and like I said, Mercedes and I never really had an issue, but it was kind of like, do we, it was kind of like sitting down going, do, do we have an issue or not? Because I don't know. I never had one, but did you have one? And he was like, no, nope, I never had one. Did you have one? And, um, and it was even, and then speaking to Mark, it was kind of like just seeing the, how much both of us had really sort of grown and, and matured um, since we had like a, a petty squabble over something so stupid. And I think part of that was probably just the where we both were in our lives. And um, so it was kind of that to go full circle and, and it, it's been really good. Like I was, I was talking to Mark only a couple of days ago as well. And, you know, I really appreciate that we were able to sort of mend those, whatever that was. So. 
Yeah, he said the same thing. He said that um, that he or you're one of his favourite guys he ever managed because of the great chemistry, and um, he just wishes he could have the, that period of time back. Definitely, definitely, and we and we did do some good stuff in the ring. So and it was fun, and it was one of those things where. You know, like you said, chemistry is a, is a great word for it because it was kind of like, you know, we both got our chance to do our bit and, and play off each other and, and it was definitely a lot of fun. What what part of the wrestling industry do you miss the most? Inside the ring or coaching and training young guys? Um, bits of both. Definitely bits of both. Um being, being involved with really talented guys, there's, there's a, a sense of pride that comes with that. And like I said, I'd kind of not resign myself, but I'd kind of realise that that's probably where if I'm going to leave any sort of imprint, that's where I'm going to leave my imprint. So I definitely uh, miss those parts. Um, but then there was some... Mate, there's some times where we had some people that were never should have even considered wrestling. So and, and you still, as a professional, I need to be courteous and try and help them through and... I don't miss that part of it. Uh, and it's the same way now to go back to sort of that, that rugby coach analogy. It's the reason why I, I'm now coaching like first grade men and they ask me to do under eights. I'm, I've got no interest in going down and, and you know, everyone gets a turn and here's a, everyone gets a ball. And, you know, it's, you know, it's a pump in everyone's feelings. I've been given that great experience. I'm more interested in that top end. How do we get better? Let's deep dive together on the cha- like, you know, challenges and work them out together. And, and that, I'm, I'm definitely enticed by that part. Um, in the ring, I miss the creativity side of things. Um, miss the, you know, getting to be creative. Um, I don't miss how all-consuming it can be for people. Um, and, and people have that, like, that's their life. And the, yeah. and I was one of those people, right? Like, it's I was watching wrestling yeah, every night. I was studying different stuff and I was trying out different things and then I was going to shows and, you know, people weren't taking it as serious as me. Then I was, you know, I was feigned in insult and, and I don't miss all that side of things. Um, I do miss the getting to have fun with my mates and, you know, stuff around in front of a crowd and, and have a bit of a laugh, make people have some sort of emotional reaction, whether it's a laugh or a, you know, throw, you know, I talked about that IWA, like my favorite one from that was going in there and, you know, uh, it was an adults only show and I think I set the record for F words in a promo and then having people throw like rubbish and stuff. And I was like, sitting there going, yeah, this is, you know, that NWO in the mid nineties, uh, getting <laughs> pelted with rubbish. So I miss trying to, trying to work out the puzzle that was, how do we get the emotional reaction out of the people that we're in front of? Um, like, like you probably picked up that, that theme of, of constantly trying to figure things out and try and, you know, manipulate things and, and challenge myself and look for that extra challenge. And, I, and I, that's the challenge that I enjoyed a lot was how do I go out there and tell the story and get the emotion that we're trying to get? That's a good thing that I was a coach. The, the crowd that you talk about in wrestling that you try and get a motive, now you're trying to do that with your players. Are you a, a rah-rah type of coach or are you a guy that sits down and patiently talks to your players? Uh, depends on what day. Um, and the score. Depends, on, depends on the score. Yeah, well, no, nah, well, it depends on the crowd too. So I, um, I got really good at being reserved, particularly on Saturdays, um, and, and trying to be deadpan with everything, um, and almost take a back seat on Saturdays. Um, the I saw a meme during the week of the you know the, the dinosaur from um, Toy Story, and then the Jurassic Park yeah. dinosaur, and it was kind of like the coach before training, the coach during training. Um, 
the the crowd that I had, uh, or the, the boys that I, or the men that I coached last year, were didn't really respond to, hey, we'll solve it together, uh, the more stoic approach, and they kind of needed the rocket every now and then. Um, so I watched my old Ron Barassi videos to get me pumped up. <laughs> um, but you know, the group that I'm with now, uh, you know, there's been a few rockets at training, but on Saturdays it's very okay. What do you need from me? And and let's get it done and, and I get to sort of stand up the end and, and be away from everyone and, and be relatively stoic and just enjoy watching the game of rugby. So, um, yeah, it, it, again, long answer to a short question. Depends, Tony. Yeah. Have you ever uh, cut uh, a promo uh, on them? <laughs> Won't say that I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I asked it was is because wrestling is very much like normal proper sport you're working with different personalities all the time even though it's considered entertainment more than anything the personalities that you're working with are so varied and the way that you react and and work with those different personalities wrestling is no different to sport definitely and look whether it be at wrestling or any other setting i still haven't mastered it and still haven't you know sometimes i think i got it worked out and then i you know something happens and i realize i've got no idea what i'm talking about so it it is what it is, and I I think that it is one of those things that I'll continually be trying to work out in whatever setting it is. Robbie Eagles wanted us to ask you who's conducted your favourite crack pop in wrestling. You might need to explain what a crack pop is as well. Well, okay, so um, I'll backtrack. I'll start with the answer to that one. The, the, there's no one that I can answer other than Julian James. Um, <laughs> so a crack pop is if you so. The story is that I went, Jules and I went out for a night, um, one night, um, and we were going to go to one bar, uh, and this was peak uh, metrosexual time, and I was, and I had my pink polo shirt on, um, and he Popped goes, yeah, yes, we'll go to whatever bar. Uh, sorry, mate? Popped collar? You know, it is a high possibility. I, I might say <laughs> that. Um, either way, uh, so I had, my, I had my sweater on over my, uh, my pink polo, and we'd had a few pre-drinks, and as we're doing, we're watching some old WCW uh, and there's Anvil Neidhart doing these, like, you know, the double fingers. And I think it was a match where he was tagging with maybe Disco. So it would have been about 98, 99. And this was the whole way to the ring. And we're counting how many times he's doing it. And obviously there's the stories can, can't be confirmed by myself, having no first-hand knowledge, but the stories of, of Anvil's uh, extracurricular activities. <laughs> Hence the, uh, where his little pop became the crack pop. Um... And I think it was like, it was something ridiculous uh, how many times he did it before the match even started. Um, just kind of spruiking, I suppose, uh, Disco Inferno's wares. And uh, we went, Jules and I went out that night um, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll go to the other bar first. So I just got to pop into somewhere that he'd done a, a gig for. Turned out to be a goth bar that we, and he, once we got in there, he ordered a few drinks. He goes, mate, we're not, we're not leaving. Um, so there's me in a, in a pale pink polo and you know, <laughs> one chick wearing like warning tape uh, just for a top. And that was it. Everyone else is in black. And I'm just like, oh, well, I'm going to own it. I might as well own it. And so the sweater came off and we were, ended up uh, there for a significant amount of time. I think I walked out and, to the uh, sunlight and, and the trams going. Yeah. Uh, Julie and James done that to a few people, I think, over the <laughs> Yep. So... Yep, so the answer to the question, Robbie, is, is Julian James and I'll never not be Julian James. <laughs> I've, uh, I've got a question from Joel Bateman. He, uh, oh, shit. 
<laughs> he actually posted about 12. Yeah, he, he did. He did. He, um, he could have actually come on and jumped in on the interview and asked all, all his own questions. I was tempted but, uh, to just do it. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to know your thoughts on your feud with uh, Steve Carino. Um, look, I was just fortunate that, that um, the guys down in Adelaide, because that was down in Adelaide, um, and I was the heavyweight champ down there, um, and they were bringing in Steve Carino, and I was just fortunate that they chose me, for lack of a better term, to be the person who got to wrestle him. Um, and as a result, when we went back to Philadelphia, particularly in 08, uh, I met up with him and he was introducing us and to, to people. He ended up getting us booked on a show in North Carolina. Um, and pretty much the other reason I was going to go drive down there was for no money, but because Terry Funk was on the show, I was going to drive down. So um, and then Terry Funk ended up pulling out. So that was it. I wasn't driving anymore. Um, but so, and he's been one of those guys, like I have nothing but positive memories about it, but I feel like, you know, someone like Joel, who, you know, Joel's a massive Karina fan and he doesn't try and hide that it probably is more memorable to him for reasons because he is a Carino fan. So um, I was just lucky that I was, you know, right place, right time was, was working for a promotion that was bringing him in and, and they decided that I was the person who would represent their company against him. Uh, he also wanted us to ask you about the Ironman match with Mason Childs. All right. Um, that was an experience. So my physique may not uh, may not always seem like it, but I've always had pretty sneaky good cardio. Um, and so um, Mason had started PWA Queensland um, with sort of Lobo. He'd kind of been brought into the fold with uh, Lobo and myself as far as um, bringing him in. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing and skipping over details, so please, I don't need angry tweets from people saying I got the timeline wrong. Um, and Mason had come down and done some UWA stuff. Had... Um, Booked the tournament. I can't remember what the tournament was called now. Um, and we did an angle on the tournament to set up Mason and I to have a match, which led to another match um, that led up was leading up to a. I think it was we got on tit for tat and led up to a, a one hour Ironman match. Um, and the whole time leading up to the Ironman match, Mason's ribbing me about like I uh, I shouldn't be the one that's going to blow up and and whatever else. And you know he's making making me feel extra good about my uh, lack of physique. Um, and you know, obviously my reply was a less than cordial. You worry about yourself. I worry about me. Um, and I still remember we get in and we both kind of had ideas of how this match was going to go and he's going for stuff and I'm trying to pace it out knowing that this is going an hour and I'm not, not going to take the shining wizard in the first 10 minutes sort of thing. And, um, and I'm pretty sure, uh, Ella Matt used to rib me cause he was on the camera at one stage. I cracked the shits in the match and. He, could, he said he could hear it audibly on the, the, on the camera that he's holding when he watched the replay of me telling him to calm the fuck down. Um, <laughs> I, look, Mason may not remember it that way and that's completely fine. But, um, and then I, my, my biggest image of that whole match once we finished was Mason, like, you know, we're both pulled, like a pool of sweat, but Mason crawling backstage trying to catch his breath and me just sort of walking past, still a sweaty mess, but walking past me and just going, oh, I'm, I'm the fat cunt who's going to get blown up more here off and then... <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was probably not my uh, my finest hour. I just beat a prick, so. Well, you got to own it. Oh, mate. <laughs> or spend years and years trying to change that narrative. But, you know, either or. The rugby you... training uh, helped out. No, now I just have other people to be a prick to, so. <laughs> <laughs> You've been to plenty of cities around uh, 
Australia, America, and the like now that all have good wrestling scenes? Which is the best? They're all... It's going to sound like a cop-out answer. They're all good for different reasons. Um, I am very proud of the work that I did in Canberra and Sydney to build up and in some small way, um, build up what was going on. Um, I loved my different experiences in Adelaide. They always treat me well. Um, you know, I, I, I've been over to Perth once, uh, oh no, twice actually. You know what, don't fact check that because it's been more than that. But I've <laughs> been, been, been to Perth a few times um, and been like, I've been very fortunate enough to go places and main event pretty much in every state. Um, and all of them have been good for different reasons. Um, I grew up in Melbourne, so I, and Melbourne is a sports mad town. And I, I probably say that Melbourne is the, has always had a, um, the advantage as far as people's, um, interaction with live sport. Um, but at the same time, if we can get similar reactions and, and draw similar size crowds in Sydney, it's, it's, it's an even bigger achievement. Um, just because of how fickle it can be around here. Going, wrestling in Philadelphia is completely different beast altogether. Um, you know, like they'll, they'll give it to you and, and you'll know about it. And yeah, so it's, it's, they're all good for different reasons, I suppose. And I, I know I'm not um, exactly answering your question there, Tony. Probably no, as specifically right. as you might like. Um, if you were going to get in the ring uh, for one more match, mm-hmm. um, who would you like it to be against and why is it Davis Storm? Um, I'm glad you, you said that and phrased it that way. So I have... Um, I like to think that there is a significant group that made an impact on wrestling and whether I'm being conceited, naive or arrogant or whatever else, feel that I in some small way played a part in that. Um, and probably the only person, so you think about guys like Jay Andrews, uh, Lobo, um, Damien Slater, um, you know, I'm going to leave people out, so I'm not trying to be offensive. Robbie, um, Davis, Jay, 100%. I told you I'd leave people out and I apologise <laughs> to Jay. Um, but Jag um, had a huge impact on, on like South Australia uh, and then has done stuff obviously now with all the guys that um, have Jags had a, a part to play in their training and their careers as well. It has been phenomenal. Um, but Davis is the only one that I haven't had a chance to wrestle, uh, which wouldn't be, a, wouldn't be an issue if Davis wasn't one of my closest friends. Um, you know, if Davis didn't I, and I didn't speak on a weekly basis, um, you know, and he's the, the Zen master that I go to for a lot of things. Um, is no like that's why, like you know, it's it's that one box that hasn't been ticked. Um, you know, do it. Would I like to think that I'll probably have a few few more than one match in me? Yes, but I, I don't want to just do it for the sake of doing it. Like I want it to mean something and, and be to to you know play a part. And like following up, is there anyone, any of the young guys on the scene at the moment that? you look at and think, I, I, I could just do some really good things, a really good program with you. Just a side note, can you hear the, is the microphone picking up the baby crying in the background? Because I can hear it in my... Yeah, it's okay yeah. though. Okay, sweet. No worries. Because um, um, I'll punch a baby. I've done it before. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's why I said it was okay. That's why I want to calm you down. Yeah. So, um, the, 
Well, sorry, the question there. So, it was, is, who's the guys that I probably would like to wrestle? That the are young inspired? guys who you think you could actually, you know, creatively run a really good program with. Uh, I don't want to insult them by calling them really young, like young guys. Uh, I know there's guys that I'd like to have. Like I, I feel compared like, to me, everyone's young. That's fine. Right. Like I feel that same way too. Don't worry. Um, you know, I think Ricky South is is phenomenal. Um, I, I think. But also, I, I kind of appreciate, and I, I'm, I know it's not just his online presence, but I can appreciate how much he appreciates the history of wrestling. Uh, and to me, that was kind of almost like I see, like that was what I was like. You know, I went back through and I'd be watching the, you know, the early 90s stuff. And, you know, that's the stuff. If I was to pick up a, a DVD now, that's what I'd want to watch. Um, you know, sort of the early 90s, All Japan, or the even just a lot of the old uh, NWA, WCW stuff back in that. that so... I feel like he's someone that appreciates the history of it and stylistically we could have a lot of fun together. Um, I enjoy the big personality that is Matty Wahlberg. Um, yeah, there are lots of guys that I'd like to wrestle again. Maybe I think my last match with Dowie, he was on a, uh, a shitty angle, uh, ankle and we were on an overbooked show that had like a hardcore like match and then a, you know, um, Gino and Brooksy were on right before us and we had to go out in the semi-main with a guy on one leg and, you know, Dowie and I still talk about the fact that we both could have represented ourselves a lot better in that match um, and, and maybe if we had um, different circumstances. So I kind of feel like I need a redo on that one. Um, you know, I've been joking with... Uh, Mitch McCarthy, I saw on Twitter today, uh, he and I have been talking about it for months that we'd like to have a match now that both of us are in different places in our career. Um, I keep talking to one of my, another good friend of mine is Steve Miller uh, down in Adelaide and we've been trying to bully Trav into booking us uh, on an RCW show because Steve and I haven't wrestled and, and I feel like he's someone that is in the headspace now that would uh, appreciate the learning part of it and I... I suppose I'm in a place where I'd, I'd really like to sort of be able to help him out. Uh, yeah, and there is probably a bunch of guys like I see that I haven't seen much of, but I, I feel like um, like I'd love to tag with Headhunter Rig. I told him the other week. Um, and then his reply was, yeah, sure, because everyone tells me I look like a young you. But, um, you know, <laughs> the whole Forks Up gimmick, which was the basis of all my team Metro gear, was the, uh, the, the Forks Up. So, um, you know, and we also now kind of, it's Instagram messages back and forward about our mutual love for country music now. So it's, um, you know, Rig, I think is someone that I'd, I'd love to, I think we could go out and, and do some tag stuff that would be really, really good. Um, you know, I, not a young guy by any stretch, um, but I've always loved Concrete Davison's shtick. Um, and he's a guy that we have very similar senses of humour. So I think that I feel like that's something that we could go out and, and have a bit of fun and, um, there's there's lots of guys. So half half of Australian wrestling is the answer. <laughs> you know what? You ask the fucking question, all right? So... <laughs> now, I just need to check. Your wife is home. The babies are just out there screaming its head off, and we're just ignoring it. No, fuck it. She can say no. I mean, yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's there. It is. Uh, it is. I think we're getting ready for bedtime, so. Um, so... Uh, we're going to let you go shortly, mate. Because you're no, mate, I'm. I'm... You're uh, absolving me from doing, you know, my actual responsibilities around the house. So it's, it's all good. <laughs> Keep going as long as that's not bothering you guys. So how, how much of the how much of the local scene are you keeping an eye on? You've obviously you've mentioned a lot of names that are right up there now. Uh, like going to shows or catching catching stuff online. You're still dipping your toe into the wrestling bubble per se. 
Uh, it goes in waves. Um, and very much, um, you know, I, I don't think it's it's a huge secret that um, when I left PWA, it's because of a, a significant change in my personal circumstances. Um, and I was not in the headspace to be around wrestling at time, different times. Um, and I tried to be around it and it was, it was very hard. Um, and for a long time, it was very hard seeing PWA growing um, and knowing that I wasn't a part of that anymore. Um, and it was kind of like seeing your baby go, you know, it's that my baby was going off to college and I couldn't be there, you know, to see it all, like, along the way. So um, at different points in time, I've, I go through um, jealousy that I'm not part of it or... or uh, more just frustration and then, you know, sort of switch off to that stuff. And then there'll be times, uh, and it's probably been um, in more recent months, and it's been probably a bit longer than that, where I've, I've really started to appreciate it um, and be in the headspace that I can actually sort of go, you know, they're doing some phenomenal things and um, and I follow along with what they're doing because I, I am proud to see what they're doing. Um, I probably follow along the MCW stuff a little bit more because I didn't have such a, a close personal connection and then I follow God. Yeah, there's guys that I'm friends with that I like to see that they're doing well wherever they're wrestling. We speak really fondly of you guys from the late 90s, early 20s who went through that really tough period of wrestling to bring it to where it is now. Would you say that you were happy with where Australian wrestling's at now and it's it's in pretty good hands with the future? Definitely. Um, again, I'm sort of measuring how I sort of answer this one. Like, I feel like in that early 2000 period, um, or it was the occasional interstate trip, but no one was really doing it regularly. Um, and I feel like that's something that Mark and I did. Um, I kind of almost feel that that's one of the things that we really, other than, I, I can't speak about the West Australia, South Australia guys going across. Um, so obviously not part of that, but particularly the East Coast, like they, those borders were pretty much closed at the time with, other than the occasional trip and then the, the big super show that had in, in South Australia. Um, and I feel that like that's one of the things that Mark and I did was really make going to state like a thing um, that was done. Like, like I said, we did it every month for however many years. Um, and so now you've got guys that are obviously not now with this El Pandemico or whatever someone tweeted it as the other day. Um, but now you've, you've got guys that are regularly going interstate or internationally. It was phenomenal. Um, you know, when I tried to get into PWG, uh, some of the, the top guys, and one of them was the champ at the time who I'm still friends with. Um, he was like, mate, look, unless they ask about you, you're not getting in. Um, and then a couple of years later to see like, oh, there's just like, a plethora of Australian guys going over there and really getting to make a name for himself at PWG. It was like, okay, now I know that we've actually really made an impact, not necessarily me personally, but just us as a, I cringe at the word scene, but you know, the wrestling, um, whatever, you know, I'm going to have to say scene, even though I hate the word. So the wrestling scene in Australia um, very much is, is grown that much that now these guys can walk into somewhere that's, internationally and people know where they're from and, and who they're trained by and it's you know, it's very very different to what it was it certainly is all right mate i think we're going to leave it at that i've never actually started an interview with a question and finished it with the same question are you making a comeback i didn't actually do we get an answer uh mate i've got to find someone silly enough to book me that's the uh, yeah, that's that the okay. all right we're working on that that's right we are working on right. that i'm messaging hey, mikey now Ryan, thank you so much for your time, mate. Really do appreciate it. Great to uh, great to have a chat, and look forward to 
seeing you at a wrestling ring, hopefully sometime soon. If not, good luck with what might be left of uh, the rugby season. Hope you just mute yourself there, mate. Sorry, I was trying to mute because I can, I can hear the baby in the background and I was trying That's to right. do you guys a solid. Um, but the, yeah, there's no rugby season at the moment. So I've got nothing but to sit there and tweet about why I should wrestle David Storm on a supercard and then have you guys pick it apart about my, would it work with my budget and everything else. So um, we, we, don't, we don't pick anything apart. We're just fanboys. <laughs> mate, I listened and Tony clearly said, would we be able to <laughs> And why is he booking himself, I think was his question. And I was like, hang on. The question was asked by Joel. If I was booking a show, I would selfishly put myself on because I want to wrestle Davis to tick that box. So We all know that Tony's a jerk. So the good that's news fine. Is, the new, good news is, is that I would have the budget. I had 50 blokes on my card and only had to play three. <laughs> yeah, hand, handshake and a hot dog. That's how it was done for years. And he's, he still ran off with the money. Exactly. Mate, you are set for promoting, Tony. <laughs> Catch you soon, mate. Thank you so much for your time. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Ryan Eagles joining us here on the Turnbuckle. Hey there, Turnbucklers. It's David Griffiths here. You might know me as one of the guys from the No Holds Barred Wrestling Show. But what you may not know is that I'm also one of the hosts of a Melbourne podcast called The Cool Room. On The Cool Room, we discuss craft beer, the great pubs and bars of Melbourne and the world, as well as the ever-evolving story of my attempts to run a successful pub. Each episode, we chat with a different brewer, publican, or just someone with a cool take on the Melbourne Hospo life. Just think of it as the Firefly Funhouse of the Melbourne pub scene. Actually, maybe don't do that. You can find us by searching for Cool Room Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, or just look for The Cool Room on whatever platform you get your podcasts through. Music of Becky Lynch brings us into our second segment of the show. Fantastic interview with Ryan Eagles there, boys. He was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to Ryan. Um, it sounds like the passion's still there. Yes. Yeah, definitely still there. He, want, he wants to get back here inside the, the ring. When all this uh, uh, Al Pandemico, is that what he called it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's over, over with. Um, yeah, he definitely, especially with... Uh, Friend of the show, Davis Storm. Love to get in the ring with him. So will it only be the one match that gets him back, do you reckon, guys? Oh, I think there's more than one, but I think that's that's the that's the kind brilliant. of the bucket list list match that yeah. um yeah, I think that's the box that remains unticked. Yeah. And probably probably the right story as well. He seems like a story guy. He wants the the creative side, if there's something there creative that gets uh, that he can sink his teeth into, I think that would also get him out of uh, semi-retirement, is yeah. what professional wrestlers are, aren't they? Yeah, no, exactly You're right. You're never retired. You're never retired. <laughs> never. Hey, uh, guys, it was fantastic to be able to get the opportunity to throw a few questions to The Undertaker. Where were you blokes? Uh, what? We didn't get invited. Hey. When did, you, when did you do this, Tony? You didn't get the when message. Chicago. No, 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 it wasn't in Chicago. The Undertaker, I don't believe, was at Survivor Series. Uh, no, no, just given an opportunity to, uh, to voice some questions to The Undertaker. And thank you to WWE and WWE Australia through Rowan for giving us the opportunity to get the answers. Well, give, giving no, us. Let's, let's listen like to it. He's giving it to you. Would you like to listen to it? Yeah, definitely. I'd love to. 
Here it is. Catching up with Mark Calloway here on the Turnbuckle. Mark, fantastic for you to answer some questions for us. Really do appreciate it. Of course, the man behind The Undertaker. In this docuseries, though, what will we find out about the man, Mark Calloway? They're going to learn a lot. Um, you know, they're going to see what uh, what the man behind the hat is really like uh, on a personal level. Um, I think they're going to be shocked uh, I think they'll be shocked from the contrast between the Undertaker and Mark Calloway. Um, they're going to see they're going to see a uh, a stark difference in in the two, and um, probably a good reason why I kept them separate for so long. We know that you're a fairly personal person, and you love to look after the character that is the Undertaker in regards to what people know about the character it must have been really tough for you to have so many cameras following you for such a long period of time yeah it was uh it was really strange because um obviously everyone knows i've been very protective of the undertaker character and what is uh what's seen and what isn't seen um so it was very strange and and uh initially uncomfortable for me having camera crews uh following me around um but as we as we went through this, uh, I, you know, I become more comfortable with it, and then obviously allowed more access into everything, which I'm so glad that we uh, we were we were able to do because uh, I think this docu series is going to blow people away. You had the opportunity to travel all around the world. Uh, you've been to Australia a couple of times. Your favorite countries to perform in? Man, I tell you what, uh, yeah, I've been all over the world, uh, you know, I've always gone, loved going to the UK, Germany, uh, Australia, uh, Mexico, uh, just, you know, the, the fans there, they, you know, they obviously, they don't get to see us as often, and um, the energy level, you know, when we go overseas, it's just, it's phenomenal, and it's such a... Uh, you know, it's, it's so fun because there's so much energy in the arena that, uh, you know, you always want to go out and, and give it your best. And um, I, I'll definitely, once I do take that uh, that last ride, that will be something that I miss is, uh, you know, traveling internationally and, and, and seeing, you know, getting to see all the, all, all the people in the arenas. A lot of documentaries around at the moment especially sporting ones including the Michael Jordan documentary there's been a fair bit of comparison I suppose between Jordan talking about his life and your life as well is are you aware of that comparison that's being made yes I'm well aware of it and actually I'm watching that uh, I'm watching that one as well um, I think there, there are comparisons but I think there I mean the difference is uh Obviously, you know, we're, we're getting to a point whether, you know, I'm going to wind down and, you know, they're, we're, they're talking about, I think, more or less the, the last years that the, uh, that the Bulls were together um, on their, their three-peat championship. Um, 
but uh, they're probably, I mean, there are, there are, there obviously are some similarities, um, but I think uh, the, the, the last ride is obviously, I think a little more, um, uh, a little more personal. It's more on a personal level, but uh, I think uh, equally as intriguing and interesting. Thanks for those answers, Mark. Really do appreciate it. Uh, we really have enjoyed the Undertaker character for such a long period of time, and thank you for providing it. Tony? Yes, mate? Did you ask the exact same questions that I heard on two other podcasts? Not exact. The, the wording might have been a little bit different, but the answers were exactly the same, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel well, like yeah. they were... Did I actually, did they put me through to The Undertaker or did they just put me through to a tape recording? Yeah. It's like he doesn't give you much, does he? He, just devi- he doesn't deviate off his answers. He's a, <laughs> he's a straight, straight line and length man, I think, Tony. It's like he had a script in front of him or something. I'm glad we didn't, <laughs> I'm glad we didn't advertise as the exclusive. <laughs> well, it was the only world interview with me. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that you and Mark said he did. Did you get his name right when you... Uh... When you spoke to him? I called him, I was going to call him Mr. Taker. I wasn't sure what he introduced him as Kane's brother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure if he took that too well. (laughs) Well, you couldn't tell. He seemed pretty composed. (laughs) He's a professional, that's what he is. Yes, he is. There's no doubting that. And obviously, uh, he's promoting that documentary. That's the last ride. That 13-minute highlight reel that's out of it is just... It's well, episode got me... one's out. Yeah, oh, is it? I haven't seen that yet. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I, we got different difference of opinions. I thought it was great, Tony. It was really good. Seeing the, oh, I loved uh, it, yeah. Yeah. Um, you haven't seen yeah. it? No, no, the 30-minute 30, 30 highlight reel I've seen. <laughs> well, there's a, it's 55-minute episode, Tony. The last ride coincides with the, the last dance was which is, you know, getting a little bit of buzz on the Netflix at the minute. Uh, I need to rewatch dance. it. I fell asleep a couple of times when it was on. Well, no, I thought it, I thought it was uh, really good. Looking forward, I think it's a five-part series uh, coming out every Monday night for us. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be definitely uh, looking forward to more of it. See, seeing him out of, um, out of character and talking the behind-the-scenes wrestling and where, you know, the creative side and obviously... The story they're telling of him not sure that he can continue on and one last match and you know, two days before the WrestleMania, he's limping through the lobby. He could barely like, walk. Yeah, it didn't even look like he was going to get into a ring and you know, taking a fluid out of his knee and stuff like that. And yeah, there's a couple of little nice stories in there. Vince McMahon uh, going to the hospital with him while the M- WrestleMania is still going, um, which obviously shows how uh, high, highly uh, Vince sees uh, The Undertaker. Correct. Exactly. Yep, absolutely spot on. About uh, time you made a good point, Lyle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was due. I was due. No, I was, that's why I was shocked and I didn't come straight in with an answer. I was sort of trying Tony, to actually you, take that in. Do you have anything else? Are you going to have a go at Lyle again this week with your tirade? No, no, I'm not going to have a go at Lyle with my tirade Andrew. this week. I'm actually going to have what a go at Lyle? somebody... It's like a tantrum. It's not a tirade, Tony. <laughs> I'm actually going to have a go at somebody else with my tirade, but I just want to save that for one bit. So not maybe me. You guys, mate, no, no, no. Well, you never know. Uh, maybe you guys can just have a quick talk about money in the bank, and then I'll get into that. 
So the money in the bank um, ladder match. Uh, I've seen mixed opinions. Like some people really hate it, and some people really love it. There seems to be no in between. Where, where do you sit on it, Lyle? Um, the only Tony match I watched, hasn't watched it. No, of course not. I, it was the only match that I was interested in watching. You know, during this no crowd stuff, be, having this creative way of um, trying to get fan interest. So I was interested in how they were going to do it. Obviously, having uh, the women's and the men's match uh, simultaneously. There's some really fun spots. You know, some little Easter eggs like um, Brother Love and stuff like that. I just thought it was fun. While wrestling is in this holding pattern, well, for me, it's in a holding pattern because I don't... Matches don't seem like they have consequences or anything when there's no crowd or atmosphere. So for me, it was it was a lot of fun, you know, twenty five minutes or whatever it was. Other than the double homicide that was in the in, double homicide was the highlight. Yeah, well, you know, it seemed a bit um a little bit over the top for mine. Yeah, I don't need to see anyone die. I do um, agree with Jim Cornette on one thing. Yeah, I would have liked Raw to open the next day with um Alistair Black and Rey Mysterio holding on to like a window washer's um, like one of those trolleys like off the side of yeah, the building. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, like they've been there all night. I thought that would have been funny. But uh, I enjoyed the match as well. I, I really enjoyed um, Asuka. I thought she was the MVP and the rightful winner. Um, the And I laughed for the ending with Otis. So I don't think... Yeah. That was my pick last right. week. I, t- I told you he was going to find a way to... Uh, I'm not going to talk about you two in your picks last week because both of you picked winners of the women's match that weren't even in the match. Well, it's it's WWE. It's exactly anything, anything can happen. happen. You know, that's it's, it. It's yeah. true. Plan, um, plans change. That's a, it's a promoter's. But uh, it was pre-recorded. Well, I don't know that. I, I didn't know that. You know what I mean? I was watching it live. Yes. Well, it was pointed out by one of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Very rightly and, so, uh, rightly so too. And I know. rightly so, I um I am finding it hard to stay across the line of the wrestling. Uh, but I, I did I, pick the winner of the men's match, so I redeemed myself. I, I don't think we're too upset about me making a mistake. No, that we're, ha- used, we're used to that. We're used to that. <laughs> Look, obviously, if we picked someone who's not in the match, we're probably not going to get it right. Yeah, a hundred percent of the time. But Becky Lynch did win a Royal Rumble that she wasn't in. So, you know. Like I said, there's it can always happen. a way. There's always a way. Now, Tony, exactly are you right. finished with whatever you were stalling us Yeah, for? I am. And the, the tirade is about to come. I want to say oh. something about a guy called Tom Segura. Who? Who the fuck's that? Tom Segura. He's into stand-up. Well, Tom, well, I, mean, I, mean, I like watching stand-up as well. Yeah. Well, Tom... You'd better sit down because you're about to be swept off your feet with a massive version of Tony's tirade. I can understand why... I I can't, sorry, I should say, understand why you would make the comment you did. Actually, maybe I can understand it because you thought nobody would hear it because your podcast with that slapper, Christina, who looks like a woman who never has had a man because she would scare them away. Is Is that his wife? I think that might be his wife, Tony. Well, that definitely explains a few things for sure. Your podcast is from your mother's mate. You don't have any listeners. Except for this episode, you happen to have a wrestling fan tune in 
and boy, did you pick the wrong day to out your ignorance. This is the 2020s, Tom. We don't use derogatory names anymore, cockhead. How proud your mum must have been <laughs> hearing her boy say what you said while she was in the kitchen making your dinner while you podcast from her lounge room. And boys, did you know that Tom Segura almost died of an overdose when he drank GHB out of a bottle? He blacked out and doctors told him he only survived because he was too fat. Tony. Tom, we know wrestling is not real. No one is stupid enough to think that. But we all believe it. And we all believe that there's a reality in the storylines and the characters because they are very believable. For us, it's like my mum watching Bold and the Beautiful. She knows it's just a soap, but it doesn't stop her from yelling at the television at Ridge for stuffing up another marriage. Be a man, Tom. Come out, make an apology, and then we can all move on with our life without your stupid podcast in it. Well, Tony, I, I, I don't know where to start. I'm, I'm, um, I'll, I'll say one thing. I'm just glad I wasn't the wrath of uh, your tantrum this week. Um, so I'll thank Tom for that. I, it's I a guess. tirade. Was that not stupid what he said? Absolutely ridiculous. Well, then, look, I don't care what he says about wrestling because we've been no, getting exactly, that all the time. Exactly right. The use, the use of the R word is probably not something that we need these days. And I just want to know how bad is Tom going when Tom Konecki is more woke than him? That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's, that's, that's How bad are you going when you're saying something that's too inappropriate for Tony? Oh, that's the, a good point. The, the <laughs> one thing, the one, the one thing, Tom. Yeah, like this will all. Yeah, wrestling Twitter. Yeah, people don't have uh, long memories. He would never. This probably won't be brought up to him ever again on wrestling Twitter. I wouldn't assume he would probably never hear from another wrestling fan <laughs> once this all blows over. Uh, the wrestling. I would be surprised if he shuts down his Twitter account. Oh, <laughs> I tell you what, it has exploded. <laughs> They someone are not the most at, forgiving. Someone check how many one-star reviews he's received on his podcast. Oh, <laughs> oh the rest, wrestling fans! Oh, they would have come out of the woodwork to burn him at the stake. That's for lucky sure. they don't let you just rate every show on um on Netflix anymore because those are uh, alleged comedy specials would be they'd be one-star. Is he funny? Does anyone? Do you actually know him, Lyle? Oh, I've never heard of him. Uh, I I may have uh, seen a. Netflix special or two of him. Um, he's been wrestling up before. But Tony, um, Lyle's got a terrible sense of humour. So yeah, I know that. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> now, uh, Becky Lynch vacating the Raw Women's Championship, boys. Yeah. Um, is, it due, is it through injury or what's the story? She's pregnant, pregnant Tony. Tony. Well, that's an injury, isn't it? No. <laughs> Now Tom can cut a promo on you. <laughs> no, she's pregnant. Um, and congratulations. And yes. the WWE are already trying to capitalise by selling the mum shirts. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, she's got to pay for a private education. Um, I tell you what, I did laugh at um, Shayna Baszler's comment. She said, who would get pregnant when they're the champion? And you know the baby's going to be a loser. Look who its father is. <laughs> <laughs> who is the father? Seth, Seth. Rollins. Oh. Uh, yeah, the other meme that was going around that uh, this is the second time Seth has put an Irish person on the shelf. An Irish in, man. In, an Irish man. Oh, Irish man on the shelf. On the shelf. He did injure Finn Balor 
a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think it was uh, the second time that he's um, caused an Irish man to have to relinquish a title. This yeah. could be the best thing Seth Rollins has ever done for wrestling. Why? Got a man pregnant. <laughs> the man, not a man. Oh, okay. The man. Yeah, yeah. So, no, this is, yeah, well, they're starting a family together. It's, uh, it's good news. Yeah, that's fantastic. Exciting times. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I, the, really the little, the, the raw segment um, that was on uh, earlier today with her relinquishing the title and, you know, actually having it in the briefcase for Asuka. I thought that was a really touching moment in the ring. You know, Becky, obviously, you know, mixed emotions, you know, her career and stuff like that, but obviously going into a, a happier time of in her life. The line, so. the line of um, "You go be a warrior, and I'll go be a mother" was a good one. Oh, that that was yeah, that sold it well. That was really good. And Oscar is um, probably been the best thing about um, no crowd wrestling. She's been the standout. So good to see her with the belt. I think she'll do really well. Yeah, she's her just jumping around and dancing around, and she's fantastic. Just, just being an entertaining. Dork, yeah, but she's it's, fantastic. It's endearing, so an yeah. entertaining dork. I like that. Yeah, uh, tell us about Dark Side no. of the Ring, boys. <laughs> um, tell you what, did that guy live a life? What's his name? Herb Abrams. Abrams, yeah, Abrams. He yeah. had the univ. He tried to put Vince McMahon out of business. Um, oh, good luck with that. I watched a couple of those UWF shows. Or I tried to on YouTube. They're, they're a tough yeah. watch. Um, but my favourite line ever in a documentary was from B. Brian Blair at the end when he said that Herb Abrams died doing what he loved. Cocaine and hookers. <laughs> uh, um, this is... Yeah, this was uh, far out there, Tony. Um, He's yeah, not well, on his Pat Malone in this industry, is he? <laughs> Oh, but no, probably not at that time. No. You know, the, the early 90s and stuff like that. Um, yeah, he was out there, Tony. Um, he had these grand plans and booking out major arenas in you know, Las Vegas, the MGM Grand. That's a little bit uh, like me know, when I was a promoter. So <laughs> was that old 13 or 15,000 people and there's three to 400 people in the audience. Um, but, you know, he... Yeah, he had the guys convinced he was going to do something. You know, Mick Foley thought he was going to do something. You know, that he had Andre the Giant for one show. So everyone thought, well, this must be a big deal if you've got Andre. And, um, yeah, as soon as he did that one show, Vince quickly snapped uh, the Giant back up. And, yeah, but he just always had a... Like, his friends were in the in the documentary as well. He's, he always just had a positive outlook, even though there was only three. Well, I know why. He always had a bloody pile of Coke on his bedside table. The episode was called cocaine and cowboy boots for Christ's sake. I'll never forget the time that uh, my NGW promotion did a, uh, a show at new generation wrestling. My, uh, I know. We, did, we did a show at the Torquay footy ground, which is, you know, just on the right hand side as you go into, into Torquay. Yep. There was 300 people there. And I thought, this is amazing. We are going to make an absolute killing on the gate. Torquay Footy Ground's got a fence around it. That's why we selected it there. What we didn't know was, was that the back gate at the fence was left open. So people are just piling in through there. I've gone to collect the money at the end of the day and there was like $200 
of tickets sold, and there was 300 people there. Uh, you've got to Still stay positive. Scumbags. You've got to stay positive as a promoter. Yeah, I, we've been talking about you being a promoter ever since the, um, you know, bringing out our supercard shows. Are you trying to get an episode of Dark Side of the Ring about your promoting <laughs> days, Tony? Be a short episode. <laughs> uh, you'd be very surprised. <laughs> yeah, a lot. A lot of the guys that uh, I reckon Fat Dom. Your... I reckon Fat Dom would be a Dark Side of the Ring episode. I just need another three to die before I can write the book. <laughs> Fat Dom and the Headmaster. <laughs> <laughs> nah, th- these have been these are all been uh, pretty good uh, all these episodes Tony. and there's uh, who's this week's episode um <laughs> question without uh, notice uh, uh, yeah thanks for that uh actually I don't know I'll uh, be surprised Wednesday it, nights is it Wednesday it nights so we'll probably we'll be watching it uh, after we finish this I usually watch it on Thursday but yeah so they've been good Tony you should watch them I definitely will. I will. I normally on a Wednesday night, I'm watching Supercars E Series, which uh, we're now cutting into my time because it's over seven o'clock in this recording. So anyway. sorry, we're stopping you from watching someone streaming video games. No, I, hang, hang on, hang on, Tony. We would, <laughs> we, yeah, we, we, we would have finished the podcast earlier, but you paused you left this us podcast, on hold so for you, forty-five you could, minutes. You could go record another podcast. <laughs> That was a radio interview. No, he was a radio, a radio interview. He said, "I'll be two minutes," and then he did a full interview on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you win the prize on the radio, or what was it? <laughs> did you have to guess the sound? What was it? You it better have got who, an on the turnbuckle plug there. It was a who am I question. I did. <laughs> All right then. We're big I in did. WA, Tony. Uh, ballroom brawl. Unfortunate for MCW, but uh, they pulled the plug. Yeah, it's probably the right decision, though. They don't want to be postponing they're just gonna um pull the plug i think a lot of companies postpone so they don't have to pay the refund um mcw have made the call and they're not sure when they'll be running again when none of us are sure at the moment when when anyone will be running again let's face it but hopefully with the easing of restrictions it won't be too far away maybe this is a good time for me to promote if you can only have 10 people in a venue that would probably do me about right no, yeah, but the ten people, out. the ten people would need to be participating, Tony. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, interesting show coming up, guys. I don't know if you've seen this promoter at all. Uh, Cage Fighter, Worlds Collide. It's on Saturday night. It's a movie, Tony. It's a yeah. movie. Well, I said a show. It is a movie. You're right. Uh, Worlds Collide, Saturday, seven pm on Fight TV, and there's some wrestling names in there. Yeah, uh, John Moxley and Jay Riso Christian are uh, are in the movie, and I think is it Chuck Liddell. Yeah, Chuck Liddell. He's the mentor slash uh, coach of. Um... Um, I think it's about eleven bucks, um, and you get a twenty percent discount if you have the um, AEW subscription on Fight TV. So se- yeah, seven PM Wednesday. Um, I reckon that's worth checking out. We could we could uh, have a Zoom meeting and watch it together. A couple of beers. What do you think? Or well, we could actually could we watch it at someone's house? What's the laws now at the minute? Oh, I'm going to be at my yeah, You can you but... can have up to five people at someone's house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, I think is Dean Ambrose in it as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, just John Moxley. Okay. Yeah. He looks yeah, a he... lot like Dean Ambrose, though. You're right. I don't swear they were twins. Yeah. <laughs> they might can... be related. What they are you cancelling? What are you cancelling, Welshie? Well, I'll tell you what I was going to cancel. 
And that was people on Facebook listing their top 10 albums at the moment, which is annoying oh. the shit out of me. Well, because my Who albums aren't good that? enough for you. Well, there's that as well. <laughs> just, I'm just sick of people listing their top 10 everything. It's like my news feed's got nothing interesting. No, but the, 25, the 25 push-ups are interesting. No, they're maybe, not. Maybe, I really want to see that. I did that. I did that with Jake King a couple of years back. Yeah, well, at least you got at least you got a you know he's the push up king, so exactly. that's, that's semi interesting. But watching people do try and do twenty five push ups with are you watching them? Well, that's what I'm they're getting, there for. I'm getting, I'm, getting I'm getting Tinder finger just scrolling past everything at the moment. Who are you cancelling? Who are you cancelling? Well, you would have seen <laughs> a protest, a certain protest uh, in the news on Sunday. Was that the one from America? No, no, from Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm oh, going to prefix oh, this. I'm going to prefix this by saying that I've never had any issues with Pitbull, and he's been, to be honest, he's always been really generous to me, and he's been pretty good to me. Um, everyone's entitled to their own personal politics, their own belief system, and you both know that I can be pretty outspoken with my beliefs and uh, my own politics. Um, and everyone's got the right to free speech and the right to protest. I believe in all that stuff. Um, and from all reports, the protests were peaceful, but there's a time and a place for everything. And you need to consider the repercussions of decisions and actions. I think the vast majority of people I've spoken to probably think protesting the day before we hear about the easing of restrictions is pretty poorly timed at best. Yep. And then seeing... Pitbull arrested with a cut on his forehead on the nightly news. Well, it's not the it's not the best look. It didn't really bother me personally, but what does bother me is when it starts getting reported in the Daily Mail, on 3AW, on Triple M, that an Australian what do they what do they call it? Uh, the Daily Mail, a WWE style wrestler was arrested at a rally where at least some of the attendees were deranged conspiracy theorists linking 5G to COVID-19. Um, and then you start getting phone calls from friends and family looking down on wrestling, you know, the industry that we love and we talk about because of how bad it looks with a bloodied face being led away by police. It harms the industry. Potential new fans, they don't know the difference between Warzone, MCW, PCW, EPW, PWA, etc., And they're going to tar everything with that same brush. And all the hard work that's been done by people like Ryan Eagles, who we spoke earlier, even like Pitbull was done himself. It gets undone really, really quickly. Anyway, that's... That was a very my... measured and very yeah. concise, well, look, beautiful. Well done. People have got the rights to do whatever they want. But, you know, you've got to think about who you represent when you do them. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what yeah. I Ho- yeah, hopefully it doesn't turn people away from the local Australian scene. But, yeah, news outlets, yeah, they're all going to paint them all, mm. all together, unfortunately. Well, you never know. People might go, there's Australian wrestling and they start going. It could be. Well, <laughs> it could go yeah. away. But, you know, you don't <laughs> want negative news articles. You just don't. No. 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 Did he blade or didn't he? I don't think he did. <laughs> no, I, I think, um, so. look, I think probably because being a wrestler, you've bladed before, I think that it might have opened up easier. I yeah. doubt 
I yeah. doubt that he did. I don't. Gart, I strongly Gart doubt. Tissue. I know he yeah. didn't. I'm sure Gart, he did. Gart, There's no plenty, way that he did. Plenty of easy scar tissue up there to, you know, it would have opened up just copping a knock. There was a few police around him, so he probably yeah. copped an un, unlucky knock to the to the head. So uh, AEW NXT review, Lyle. What are we reviewing? What did you watch? I've only watched NXT. I yeah. haven't had a chance to watch AEW. Um, I want to put this out there that Tony and I haven't uh, had a chance to listen to what Lyle's going to say, so this could go anywhere. No, uh, I'm not sure. Or nowhere, uh, more likely. Yeah, well, uh, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, obviously, uh, during the Money in the Bank match, they went into Vince's office and they weren't allowed to disturb anything. Well, it's, it's come out that it's because of the big... Uh, T-Rex skull that's on uh, Vince's wall is yeah that was a very very expensive fossil there. Who is yeah, that... Vince? Is an expensive fossil? Oh, he's a, a rich, he's a rich fossil, Tony. Very good, very good, mate. Um, yeah, and what, how does that relate to NXT? I'm, I'm not going to tell you the participants, but there's a a T-Rex uh, skull on a pole match. Uh, oh. Triple H's. No, they uh, rehired Russo. I don't want to, well, yeah, probably on a Zoom chat. And he's uh, bursting at, well, he said Viagra at the start. It's like, that's not even topical anymore. It's uh, Cialis, isn't it, Tony? They call it now, or Blue Yes, Tree? correct, yeah. Yeah, uh, you'd know. Um, Blue Tree doesn't even work, I've heard, from Tony. YouTube works. <laughs> YouTube works. Uh, yeah, so uh, be, be on the lookout for that uh, T-Rex skull on a pole match. I could imagine uh, Vince going to be very disappointed. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you do want a cheap follower at the moment, just follow Russo. He's following everyone back. Oh, really? Then what's, you, his, uh, what's his new then you then, then mute him. Oh, okay. Then mute him. We can get right. him on the podcast. Uh, this? No, thanks. That's it. We're That's done. it. Yep. That's Great it. episode, Nothing guys. On? Nothing uh, on? What have we got next week? I believe we have a special guest next week from New Japan Pro Wrestling. No, oh, get out of here. That's a tease. That's a nice hey, tease. We've got Gino. A personal no, friend, well, she. No, you pulled no, in a favour. Robbie. Got someone, we've got someone who is good friends with Robbie. We've got Rocky Romero. Ooh. Who has a new oh. single coming out next week as well. So it'd be good to chat about that. Tony, we might get you to listen to some um, Rocky Romero music before next week and get your... Yep. Your Fantastic. take on it. I might do a hey, is, track while he's on. Is there is there time for him to be in your top ten album shares on Facebook? I'll, I'll have a listen and mate. I've, okay, still, got five, I've still got five days to go. There we go. Hopefully, uh, that one I will. I'll give you a like. We um, might actually um, open with Rapongi 3K next week. Oh, <laughs> and we still might not do it either. That's awesome. <laughs> exactly. If it's left up to me, we just might not. Yeah, uh, so there's, there's, there's nothing the on this weekend, obviously, Tony. The Sorry, mate. There's, there's nothing on this weekend, Tony. Uh, no, actually, got a no. fairly cool. No, no I'm going to go to my mum's. We're personally. No, I'm not you. We're talking about the wrestling, Tony. Wrestling. What's oh, on no, Friday no, or Saturday no, night? Absolutely. Cage Fighter. Nothing. Cage Fighter's on. Cage Fighter on Saturday night. There's a new MCW Encore, Tony. MCW Encore. on Netflix as well. Oh, yeah, what's that? About a kid. I can't, is it called the main events? About a kid who. Tony, we spoke about that. Kids. We spoke about that on the podcast a month Five ago. Five weeks ago. <laughs> really? Yes. It's a superhero movie. 
and he gets wrestling superpowers. Yeah. Um, we still haven't gone back and watched that yet. So I we, watched we, it. Do we actually oh, watch? Do we really I talk about? It, it? I watched it the day it came out and gave a review. Did we They're really talk about it? Too. Extremely yes. memorable. It was. It Tony. came out the same time as um, the Big Show show. Big show. Oh yeah. And well, I can't. I can't get past that. It's yeah. meta. It's much better than that. I'm still stuck on 13 minutes in episode two, and that's been four <laughs> weeks. You just take it off your. Oh, you haven't got watching. Have you, it gets better. My I pause promise. button's frozen. <laughs> but see you later, if, dickheads. Oh, I'm going to go watch some motor racing. Give the give the MCW encore plug. They just added yeah they have, new promotions to their encore. Fantastic. Yeah, they have. They've added some hardcore C, um, yeah, stuff. CCW, which we spoke about with Ryan. Um, Big Japan, which is a very good um, wrestling promotion in Japan, obviously. When do they do and my uh, circus show? Well, he's, Mikey's got the foot, got the footage. Yeah. I know. Come on, oh, I'm pretty sure CCW, Big Japan, and Freedoms are a little bit bigger than yourself at the moment. Oh, I don't know. I think I'd rather watch. I'd rather watch Tony's um, Big Top Show just so that I can give him shit for it. We'd have to if if that comes out, we'd have to do a watch along. Watch along. It has yeah. to be the, oh. on the turnbuckle. Tony, you better message Mikey and get him to put it up. I'll see what yeah. we can do. All right, just call but, it the on the turnbuckle special. Hopefully, hopefully that gets on encore as well because they've added three good promotions to their streaming yeah. service, which is already great value. So let's add new generation wrestling as the fall. <laughs> Craig Lowndes is starting from position 29. I've got to go and watch this. This will be good. I'll talk to you later. It's a video game. You can watch it on... Like, well, you may as well buy the game and play it yourself, Tony. It'd be more fun. See ya. I'm starving. I want to go have dinner. I want to do something. Just oh, to someone using... Use, who's using the cheat codes? Yeah, someone was actually. They did. <laughs> they did in the in pit lane. Oh, any, 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 any other the drivers? Up, uh, up, back, back, left, right, start. But our, our internet, our internet is use cheats doesn't mean we're not smart. Our internet is that bad. Four cars just disappeared off the track. They weren't in an accident. They literally <laughs> just disappeared. <laughs> maybe, the, maybe those four cars got kicked out of the league because they're yelling racial abuse. Possibly. Like the other no, that's that's Can I please go? <laughs> well, you got to go, Tony. Shut the fuck.